Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Is he describing a specific night? In what? And oh, what a night! I assume in so. In the lyrics, okay. Because right, it's because sure. uh, he talks about sixty-three. He says December sixty-three, so he gives a month too. He gives a month too. But it was like okay, it was a month in December sixty-three, and I, I've never listened to the lyrics of this song. Is it so? Uh, what? What was so crazy about the night? Why was it? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, listen, I, I I get it. I'm not a huge Frankie Valley in the Four it's Seasons. It's a good song, fan. though. I love the song. No, I love the song. It's a great it's a good talk, but yeah, It's I'm like not a wedding a, song. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never I've never been really into Frankie Valley, so I I don't know the history of it as much. This is one of Frankie Valley's. This is one of his bangers. Oh yeah. This is like the Frankie Valley banger then to make. I don't know yeah. if he's got a ton. Of, I'm sure he, he does, but this is this is a banger. This it goes hard still to this day. It, it's still uh, even this day and age. I don't know what year this is. This is got to be 75. I was going to say 30, 40 years old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. All right. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's why we love it. Uh, Always the most eclectic musically themed day of the week. Keeping us on our toes is my man, Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. And we all are um, a buzz. Um, feeling good. We are yeah, right now. The Longhorn Nation's feeling. I think somebody dropped the term euphoric yesterday. Um, considering they get to fill out their bracket and they can do it while drinking the burnt orange Kool Aid, and they can do it, you know, wearing the burnt orange glasses. When was the last time the Longhorns f- drank this much burnt orange Kool Aid while filling out their bracket? It's been a while. Usually you guard against that, right? You're like, nah, 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 nah. I've seen too much Texas basketball. Uh, can't be too much of a homer about that in my bracket. Now you get to be you get to be a homer, and it's actually not a bad pick if you listen to the experts uh, on the ESPN Bracketology Show. So I mean, Craig Way likes to turn around this time of year. Bracketological prognostications. Um, Dickie V. Lafonso Ellis, Seth Greenberg, Jay Billis, Reese Davis. And now add um, Jay Wright to that also. And Seth Davis, all predicting Texas to make it to the Final Four. Oh, what a night. I'm giddy about it, too. I guess I mean, I, I haven't filled out a bracket. I guess maybe I wasn't filling out brackets in 0203 because I was you know, in the NFL doing some stuff. Uh, but now since I've been filling out brackets, I haven't filled out the bracket with this much homerism um, in my heart. No, I don't. Th- I don't think I. <laughs> I don't think I felt this good about a team in a very long time. Because even yeah, when you can say they went back and lost a few years ago when they won the Big Twelve tournament and oh, lost in that first round, brutal. we have to put in there Kansas had to miss the semifinal game that probably could have beaten Texas because uh, they tested positive. Oh, forget, yeah, COVID, and so they, Texas got a bye game and then won the tournament. Completely fair. Don't want to take anything away from 
But there was there was a slight caveat to that team that this was not a top five team. This was not a team that basically all season looked good and only at one point really had a stumble near the end of the season where we all really went down on them and said, oh, no, no, we don't think this is a Sweet 16 team. Like that stumble was, oh, man, they might lose in the first weekend. But pretty mm. much the entire Big 12 season, they've looked like a team to get to the second weekend. I agree with that. No question. And so when you say they've looked like that team to get to the second weekend, and now you start to see, oh man, they're playing with a little bit more focus and a little bit more intensity. They're they're playing well at the right time. It it makes you want to believe more and more. And I mean, you can look at the negatives. There there's some there. Tyrese Hunter didn't shoot well in the last game. Yeah. You can look at they go up against a big team with a true big. That's always yes. a conundrum. Yeah. But there's not a ton of those teams, especially not on our side of the bracket. So we kind of get lucky there that there's not a lot that we, that we would have to match up against early of real good big men. So you can kind of work it where this may end up well for Texas in guard play. And I can tell you, I watched a couple Colgate games uh, between last night and this morning in the office. And uh, this is one, if Texas focuses, should be not a problem. They need to focus because Colgate does pass the ball very well, but you're not playing iso ball. Uh, their best player is Richardson. Is he's a good player, but he's not going to be. He's not an ISO guy who can come off and put up forty on you. Like they don't have that guy. He will play good defense. They will play passing lanes, so you can get turnovers. But if you play solid, solid basketball, you you should be able to handle this. They shoot threes well, but if you watch, basically, if you don't guard the three, they're shooting them all day long, and they're going to try and shoot them all day long until yeah. you get out and guard them. If not, they'll play some uh, big man high on you and try and run back cuts on you, which Texas can fall susceptible to, too. But these are all things Texas is more athletic than them and can beat them with. Uh, yeah, no, that's, I, I totally agree with you. If you look at the bracket, so in addition to I, the hot team theory, Texas is playing their best basketball right now going into the tournament and obviously coming off the Big 12 Tournament Championship. That's another reason to drink the Kool-Aid. And you look at the, uh, the bracket they're in, um, and Colgate, we talked. You just talked about them, but I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't, don't want to diss Colgate or anything like that. But they have uh, a lot of limitations as a team. Rod, just the more research you Rod, do. We have oh. to hit the breaking news sounder. Uh oh, hit, hit it. Oh, is it a Rod? It is not a Rod. Wait, let's oh. hit this. It is Cowboys news. Oh. The Cowboys did something, Rod. Uh oh, give it to me. Five-time Pro Bowl cornerback Stephon Gilmore is being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Per Adam Schefter. Amen. I, wow. There you go. Did not see that coming. All right, there you go. Beautiful. Just t- talked about it yesterday that the Cowboys need to use the trade market because they don't use it. They, they, they love to build through the draft. They love to build through you know the undrafted free agent market. By the way, they're awesome. They're top five in those categories. Uh, but – they need to use the trade market more. They use the trade market. They need to use the free agent market a little bit more to exhaust every possible means, every possible option to upgrade the roster. And they were only using half of <laughs> their available resources to upgrade the roster. Didn't understand it. Never understood it. Get yeah. active in the trade market. That's re- Look at all the top rec- all the top receivers that have moved teams. They've all been traded. The trade market, the NBA application of the NFL, part of that is now teams are becoming more trade happy. Um, And they used to be reluctant to make trades. I have no idea why. 
But uh, that's a great move for the Cowboys. They needed a corner. I know Cowboys fans were upset when Patrick Peterson was off the market. Um, and they thought Jalen Ramsey could have been an option for them, too. Right. I think salary cap-wise, that was going to be hard to make that work. It was going to work. Stephen Gilmore is around $11 million, $12 million <laughs> a year player that you're getting. You're apparently only giving up the compensatory fifth-round pick. I, 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 I got to tell you, Dan Quinn. I, I I think it's more Dan Quinn's kind of influence. I think Dan Quinn's making like I just gave the evidence as to why we can look at the pattern, the trend of how they've viewed safety and the market of safety and free agency and in the draft. And Dan Quinn, uh, you know, he comes there, emphasizes safety, and now they signed Donovan Wilson to a relatively, you know, moderately lucrative contract for the safety position. And now you get them investing in the defense with a former defensive player of the year. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, yeah, I mean five-time pro bowler. It, it's definitely something that next season, that secondary, Ooh. that, I mean, when hey. Hey, that was a major hole that needed to be fixed before major this offseason. So, I, look, I want, I'm all excited about Cal, uh, Texas basketball, too. But I felt that was, that was breaking news when that hit my phone. Hey, no, that was that was worth it. That, and we'll get back to Texas basketball here in a second. But, uh, I'm, listen, I'm a little giddy. I'm a quasi-Cowboys fan. That's a hell of a move. Hey, I know Mark Hart, Mike Hart just hit me up. He's a fan of it, too. Okay, so. there you go. Because my <laughs> thing was that, listen, this is, what the, this is what the best teams do, right? You, yes, you have to build through the draft. That goes without saying. Yes, you build through the draft. But you have to – supplement and complement your roster with free agency and with the trade market. And the Cowboys have been marvelous at building through the draft and undrafted free agency, finding great value there. But they've ignored pretty much the trade market. Yes, they got Amari Cooper there. Should have incentivized them to do it more because it worked out for them. Yeah, they didn't want to screw it up when they were trading them away, only getting a fifth-round pick in return. The Jonathan Hankins move actually paid off for them, improved the run defense, make more trades. Yeah, especially when you're talking about a trade like this in free agency where, hey, man, maybe we're looking at a Patrick Peterson and we couldn't make it work. Let's make a trade. It's a fifth-round compensatory pick given up for him. The, the Colts just need to drop his salary. Yep. It's exactly, I don't think the picks bother the Cowboys. It's the, the cat boy, cat boy, it's all about the salary yeah, for them. But that's basically you signing a cornerback that you desperately need on that other side. You keep Donovan Wilson. That secondary is taking shape. To look pretty good right now. Well, because now Anthony Brown, I believe, was a free agent too, so you can let him go. Yeah. You don't have to worry about Anthony Brown. And Deron Bland played really well last year as a young, you know, nickel slot corner there. So we assume Deron Bland's going to get more playing time. I don't see about Jordan Lewis and what they think about Jordan Lewis, but I love the way the secondary shaping up. You got three safeties and you got your two starting corners. I mean, you got your starting five in the secondary already, and that's not even really even including Deron Bland. Now you got your starting dying package too when you include Deron Bland in there. I love it. Oh yeah, I. You know what, Jerry? We were, well, we were we were maybe talking a hey. little bit more more trash on you yesterday. Good work today. So re-signing Donovan, Donovan Wilson, <laughs> making this trade. Good day for the Cowboys after yesterday was a pretty quiet day. Man, but it wasn't on the free agent market though. It wasn't right because they so they still kept are, their guy. We like our guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they still keep. The, but I, like I said yesterday, I was like, you know what? Just use. Either of those other means to acquire talent, whether it be through the trade market or whether that be highly investing in free agency, they don't. And know what? I actually still support them not being uberly aggressive in free agency. They still should do more, but I support them not being uber, uber aggressive in free agency. The trade market, though, is a different discussion altogether. Yeah. Trade market. The reason the trade market is great, you want to know why? What's that old saying? A sucker is born every minute. <laughs> Bunch of suckers. 
that are working those NFL front offices. Bill O'Brien was one at one point getting swindled. Right? It seems like it seems like the Lakers used to always find one in the NBA. There are lots of them up there. Go find one. They're like three or four in the NFL right now. They're about to be fired. Go find the one who doesn't know what his team is valued at and go swindle that guy. That's that's why trades are great. Because you really just got it's really not about necessarily you got to figure out what you need, but then go figure out the teams who have front offices that either need to get rid of these players, because that's always a money issue, maybe trying to clear cap space, whatever it may be, or go find the the GM who's not quite savvy enough to understand what the assets he have and what value they they have and retain, and the Cowboys can do that. And I think for the Colts, they just want to, they probably just want to move on. Yeah, I think this was for them. He probably wanted a new deal. Yeah, we'll see if the Cowboys are willing to offer him a new deal. He's a free agent after this season, uh, but the you know the Cowboys may look into it, uh, restructure his deal, make him a little bit less now, and take more money later and keep him on there. Uh, but yeah. I, I think it's a great move for the Cowboys. It's a Dan, Dan Quinn's influence now. Remember my theory. And I think now my theory holds a lot more water is that basically Jerry Jones knows that if Mike McCarthy, who's calling the plays now, and he's in charge of the offense and also in charge of the team, if they don't get past the divisional round with Mike McCarthy now calling the plays, no more buffer. All right, that for him, that's you know, it's it's all gonna come right at his feet uh, when the fit hits the shan if it does. Um, and then Jerry Jones will move on, and Dan Quinn will be the guy. He's that's why Dan Quinn's still there. Dan Quinn's been offered multiple jobs while he's been with the Cowboys. He hadn't moved on. The reason is, is because behind the scenes, I think Jerry's told him, listen, Dan, just stay here. I'll even let you start building, constructing the team in your own image, whatever you want to do. Just stay here. Give me one more year. If we get past the divisional round and get to the conference championship, great. (laughs) Then we all win. Everybody wants to win a championship. Then we got a chance to win. And we can't do it without you. But if we don't, I'm moving on. And I'm moving on to you. Show me your team. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's what's going on. I think that's why it, you're seeing uh, you know them change up a little bit of their patterns and trends, but also how you've kept Dan Quinn there, even though he's been offered what you know three, four potential, uh, at least had three or four different interviews since he's been there. And he's he's actually his name's been rumored. His, he's taking his name out yes. of the interview process, removed his name. What? What? He removed his name from the interview process. That's crazy. Hmm. I think I know why. Yeah. I think I think he's happy where he's at for multiple reasons. I think he also likes the athletes. I think he realizes Michael Parsons is the perfect embodiment of his positionless football ideology and philosophy. And he knows here he actually can do something special. He can almost recreate the uh no, the the magnitude of his defense with the Legion of Boom. Not the same thing, but it is what it what was able what he was able to do there and what it was able to the impact it was able to have. Anyway, all right, getting back to Texas basketball. Sorry about that. Breaking news. Thank you, Patrick. Getting back to Texas basketball. Burnt orange Kool-Aid. Drink it. All right? Drink it up. Because everybody across the country is. It'd be different if we were drinking a burnt orange Kool-Aid here inside our little bubble and nobody else was. Then I would I'd advise against it. Like, no, man, don't drink the Kool-Aid. You know me. I advise against drinking the Kool-Aid all the time. I don't, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. Don't get drunk on the Kool-Aid because then... You know, and the, let's say the, the liquor to the fool, food to the wise man, but liquor to the fool, that's what the burnt orange Kool-Aid can be sometimes. Don't do that. But when but everybody's Dick, drinking it. Everybody, everybody drinking when it. When Dickie V, Seth Greenberg, Jay Billis, Reese Davis, LaFonzo, Ellis, Seth Davis, Jay Wright, talking about some of the premier minds in college basketball saying, no, no, Texas in my bracket already filled out. They're in my final four. A lot of them have in the championship game. 
Do they really? Yeah. I didn't I know, that. I know Greenberg's got him in the championship game. I know Dickie V has him. I don't think anybody has them winning the title. I don't think anyone has Ooh, Texas winning the title. Hey, you got a chance if you get there, man. I'm telling you, a lot of them in the Final Four. I've seen more and more oh, that have them man. in the championship game. Wow. And so if you're talking about on that side of the bracket, the big one is Purdue is not on your side of the bracket because Purdue is one that you you just get scared with Zach Eady. That yeah. that would be one in the final four. You wouldn't Remember want to face that dude. Also, that's way. Let's let's not look that far down the line. I know. I know we're drinking that burn orange Kool Aid, but let me <laughs> let me let me take the the binoc- <laughs> the burn orange binoculars off. Just drink look, some three weekends down. <laughs> we're talking no, about April some, now. Yeah, drink some water in between. You gotta <laughs> make sure you drink some water. water. Give him some water. You gotta some be water. Colgate first. Yeah, you gotta you be go. Colgate first. Uh, but no, I I think that it lines up really well. That if you are looking for what Texas can do for how the guard play can be. And the defense that they can—they've shown that they can play, especially against guards. Mm. Where when we talk about that march is about guards, you say, "Well, that also matters defensively." That when they can say, "We're going to slow Grady Dick down," Dewan Harris is a non-factor in this game. Well, now guard play changes now to, "Hey, man, Jabari Rice has a good offensive game, but Tyrese Hunter shut down somebody. Marcus Carr hit some guys with a pass. All of a sudden, that guard play is two-sided." And Texas has guards that can score and can play really good defense. That's where it starts to get scary against other teams. I love that point. And I'll even throw just recently the raw athleticism over at Terry Morris. Yeah. And 100%. him just as a, you know, bringing that juice to the lineup. I mean, he's not like an offensive powerhouse or anything. But, man, when he, he just goes on these kind of streaky streaks, he's a streaky player. When he gets hot, when he makes a good play, you can tell it just energizes him. He did, and he gets kind of hungry to make the next play. So I, I love that point about the guards. Though remember that was our at the beginning of the season. That's why everybody was really, really optimistic. You had veteran guards, guys who had been to the tournament, had tournament experience, and if you could get those three guards playing really high level, playing really well at the right time, then Texas could have something special. Well, I think two of the three are playing at a really high level, both offensively and defensively. But right now, Tyrese Hunter, if he can't give you anything offensively consistently, he's giving you so much intense energy on the defensive end. Um, he did a hell of a job on uh, Dewan Harris uh, in yeah. that game. So, And, it, like, it's, and thank God Ontario Morris has finally found his groove. Because now you almost do have those three guards. It's just you have the defense of Tyrese Hunter and it really kind of the offensive energy of Arterio Morris lately. So I, I, I'm i drinking the Kool-Aid. So in my bracket, I got Texas in the Final Four. I ain't even finished filling out my bracket. I ain't finished it. But I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and that got Texas in the Final Four. There you yeah, go. And I mean, I'll say in our bracket too, again, your second game most likely is A&M. Buzz Williams is one of the more experienced coaches in this bracket as well. There's not a ton like some of these other brackets have experienced head coaches for a lot of years, what that can game plan a lot quicker and are be mm-hmm. a lot better to try and put something up against Texas. I don't think there's a ton of those guys. There's good, there's good coaches, but not the experience level that's that is there. So you Texas can come in and go, well, you know, if Rodney Terry doesn't necessarily have the experience of the head coach, it's not a huge disadvantage because a lot of these other teams don't have. You're not playing against Jim Beheim and and Roy Williams and all these other coaches who may be on a down year. Coach Calipari at Kentucky is a six seed. 
you're not having to hit that. Yeah, that's a great point there. Uh, all right, so again, a lot of tech, a lot of Cowboys fans on the spec sex line five one two three three seven three seven seven six, and yes, and rightfully so, they are very very excited, and I, I get it. Stephon Gilmore trades to the Cowboys. You say a fifth round pick, correct? It's their conditional fifth round conditional pick they got. Pick. So it yeah. wasn't even. So basically, they were like, "Well, we hadn't planned on getting this one anyway, so we'll just we'll just trade." That's that. that's, that's a great move by the Cowboys, man. That's why yeah. you should you, you need somebody in your organization that honestly, I would have somebody almost fully devoted to making trades. Because it's a different acquisition than the draft, which is, you know, always about scouting and, you know, mostly about the background and research you do on the players and your due diligence. Um, it's very different than free agency in the NFL, which is a lot of that is just capology, numbers. Can you make the numbers work with the salary? Can you bring in that guy, make the salary work? That kind of, the trade market is different because undrafted free agency, obviously, very different too. You, you, got, you need a guy or a gal, by the way or a woman, devoted fully just to undrafted free agents. That's all they do. They say the guys who don't get drafted and go, no, no, yeah. we got a board. The guy on our board, he's still, he's still really high. Should have been drafted in the sixth round, but he's undrafted free agent. We got to get this guy. And, and you got to have somebody for that too. And the trademark is different because that's more, that's relationships. Right? You got to go make a deal. There's an agent involved. There's another GM involved. Right? He's got an ego. They're trying to get something out of it. That's all about making a deal. That's a, those are different skill sets when you tell in terms of you know talent acquisition, and I guess I love that the Cowboys are deciding to be more active in a trade market. It's it's a it, it, the lately we've seen the Super Bowl champions or at least a few of them use or or at least adopt um, what are seen as unconventional methods to get to a Super Bowl, whether it be the Rams, with the, you talk about the cash rate cap all the time, Patrick. Yeah. Going, you know, going to get trading for, you know, Matt Stafford, trading for Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, whatever. I mean, they yeah. did a ton of stuff. They they explored every avenue to upgrade their roster. Um the Bucks, when they brought in Tom Brady, and Tom Brady, speaking of the NBAification of the NFL, he's doing a lot of what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. Remember? He didn't give a wish list, but he had a wish list. Oh yeah. He wanted Gronk, he wanted Antonio Brown. See the difference they was they traded for Shaq Mason. The difference was Tom <laughs> Brady set all those deals up. And then just just handed the paperwork over to the Bucks. Probably right. Probably right. <laughs> and said, "I've already worked out the details." Considering he wants to be, uh, he wanted to be the Jackie Moon of yeah. the NFL at one time with the Miami Dolphins. You're probably right about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's. I'm, I think the, this is a huge step for the Cowboys. I love this texter here saying uh, about the Cowboys, Dan Quinn is building his team for when he takes over as head coach. If the Cowboys don't get past the divisional round, I certainly agree. I think Jerry Jones is saying it's, it's pretty simple. Get past the division around, Mike. If you do, I'll give you an extension. If you don't, you're probably going to be gone. And Dan Quinn's going to get the job. And that's uh, – I, I, I don't know if that is understood, but I think between Dan Quinn and Jerry Jones, my, my conspiracy theory on the grassy you know it is understood. All right, we come back. We'll get into – because I want to get into – we'll get back to some Texas basketball conversations. We'll, we'll look ahead to Colgate a little bit. Remember, tomorrow we'll do more deep dive, rabbit holing about Texas opponent, but also about bracketology. Uh, and then Thursday we're going to be on the road. We're going to be at the Round Rock Twin Peaks. So if you need somewhere, come hang on and watch the game. My man Patrick's going to be out there live on location. I'll be out there on location at the Round Rock location, Twin Peaks. So 3 to 5.30 actually. And then we start up the pregame.
So we out there doing the actual ball, show ball, don't lie. But then we start the pregame for Texas basketball, pre-pregame actually. Craig Way, of course, will have the official pregame, but we'll have our pregame, pre-pregame starting up at 5.30. So lots of hoops discussion tomorrow and on Thursday. Even later on the show, we'll get back to that in the top of the 6 o'clock. But coming up next, we got we to gotta call an audible, all right? We got to get to this breaking news from the Dallas Cowboys, from Cowboy Country, them making a trade for Stephon Gilmore. We'll get into that on the other side. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong And I grew strong And I learned how to get along And so you're back from out of space I just walked in to find you here With that sad look upon your face I should have changed All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. is the top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Also a jam. I like this. It's a yeah, banger. It's a banger. Yeah. You, 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 man, you're on the hot streak today. Uh, <laughs> you even played a, a Frankie Valley banger earlier. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, Texas said uh, it was the night he lost his virginity. So Okay. Yeah. So Grant says, definitely not a wedding song. It's a song about hey. a one-night stand. Uh, well, yeah, you know what? I think I've heard at wedding receptions, though. You're probably right. We're no, going to listen no, to the no, lyrics it, of it. Like, yeah. No, that's the thing. I've had friends who've been like friends in uh, low places gets played at weddings. You're like... That song's about crashing a wedding, right? <laughs> yeah, that song's about crashing a wedding. Probably not the best song to play at a wedding. Probably right? not. Yeah, you're right. Good point about it. There's a lot. Yeah, you know what? Loves, but that's the thing. No one knows the chorus. No one knows the verses. They just know the chorus. That is very true. You're right. I didn't even know. Oh, what a night. So, yeah, Texas says that song is about him losing his virginity. So, yeah, I did not know that. Found out something new. I do like the song. I might like it even more now. It's a good song. Uh, all right, let's get to Dallas Cowboys and their big acquisition they traded for Stefan Gilmore, trading a fifth-round pick uh, for the cornerback Stefan Gilmore from the Indianapolis Colts. And you know, I'm reading some of the texts on the Specs text line. A lot of texters out there really excited. You should be. Uh, as a matter of fact, 512-337-3776. Just your thoughts on the Cowboys making some big-time moves here. One text says, does Dallas have the best secondary now? Um, Gilmore, Diggs, uh, Wilson with that D-line. They'll catch plenty of interceptions next year. Look at the – I would say Trevon Diggs, they got to re-sign him, by the way. They need to do that sooner rather than later. Yeah. Do it now. Don't – I mean, you, you got to – he's going to be the highest-paid cornerback in the league when they sign him, and then you got to sign Micah. You might as well just get those two things out of the way. Uh, but, yeah, to the point about being the best secondary, it's definitely one of the best secondaries in the league, no question. You got Trevon Diggs, you got a, a corner. If he's not your lockdown corner, definitely your shadow corner that can take a guy away. Uh, then you got Stephon Gilmore, so there's no easy wins if you're throwing away from you know, Trevon Diggs. Remember last year, that was one of the really kind of the fatal flaws of the defense. They never figured that one out. They had two issues last year defensively. 
All right, and, and no defense is going to be perfect because you got 11 guys out there. There will be a weak link. The offensive coordinator's job is to find those two or three weak links because you can't pay everybody on that side of the ball uh, to be all elite talents. <laughs> so find those two or three weak links. Build a damn defensive game plan around attacking those two or three weak links. It ain't it ain't rocket science. <laughs> you stay away from Aaron Donald. Stay away from Michael Parsons and go attack the other guy over there that looks like a Jag and a Jabroni. That's how you start the game plan. And you and you basically you keep pulling at that thread until the whole damn sweater unravels because that's what happens, right? As a as a def, as a defensive coordinator, what did Dan Quinn have to do? He had to compensate for that corner. He had to move pieces around. I gotta I gotta put a safety over the top of that guy. I gotta give that corner help over there. When he lost Anthony Brown, y'all talked a lot of trash about Anthony Brown. And what did I tell y'all? I said, man, y'all gonna miss Anthony Brown. I said it, I said it before he got hurt. I said, man, y'all talk a lot of trash about Anthony Brown. Trust me, I've been the other corner. Like the other woman, I've been in the other corner. That other corner is that corner who uh, he's not really worth us knowing his name because the corner that we want to stay away from, the Quentin Jammers of the world, or the or the Nathan Vashers who still has the lead for interceptions here in the Forty Acres. You stay away from those guys. We're gonna throw at the other corner. You stay away from Trevon Diggs. You throw at the other corner. They don't even call him by name. You just throw out his number. We're gonna throw at twenty one. And they threw. I was the other corner all throughout my years here on the 40 acres. So I know about being the other corner. And Anthony Brown was a pretty damn good one. He really was. And y'all missed him, didn't y'all? I told y'all. Y'all was like, oh, man, he's trash. He's a bum. Get him off the field. Okay. Well, he got off the field. How many How many corners did y'all go through on the other side? Kelvin Joseph. Uh, after Anthony Brown went out. Kelvin Joseph. Nation Wright. Deron Bland. He was uncomfortable out there when they put him at the corner. They brought in McKenzie Alexander and Kendall Sheffield and Trayvon Mullen. I don't even know if those guys really even played that much because they just didn't trust him. Then Xavier Rhodes at the end, they brought him in too. They could, and then they put Deron Bland back out there. They could never figure it out. All because that bum, I'm being sarcastic, Anthony Brown got hurt. And everybody hated Anthony Brown. Nope, y'all missed him. And I think the Cowboys realize, all right, if Anthony Brown, if he does get hurt again, we need an insurance policy over there. But Anthony Brown's a free agent. So they figure, you know what, let's just upgrade the whole damn position. Let's not even have to worry about contingency plans and what if this happens and what, what about the draft. No, no, let's just upgrade the position, period. Let's go get the best possible upgrade we can get. And maybe it's through a trade, which I admire the Cowboys for doing. I said it last week. I've been yelling and screaming on this show for a few years now. Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFL acquiring a talent through the draft. Actually, top five, arguably, in the last five, ever since Will McClay took over. And at undrafted free agency, they're actually one of the best teams in the NFL at maximizing undrafted free agents. Their undrafted free agent class was ranked number one in 2022, number two in 2021. It was number one in 2020. It was number nine in 2019. But you get my point. It's pretty damn good. They evaluate talent really well. But why do we only lose use those options to acquire talent when you can also use the trade market, you can also use the free agent market. Now, I get you don't want to be over-invested in free agency and in the trade market. You want to build your team through the draft. You need to complement it and supplement it with trades and with free agency. And the Cowboys don't do that enough. I think this is a huge step forward. And I do think, just like the Donovan Wilson deal, which is uncharacteristic of this Cowboys regime, investing in the safety, in a safety position, Patrick, I think this is Dan Quinn's influence saying, hey, guys, yeah, I want to have the best defense in the league, which we could possibly have. We have that type of potential capability. Yeah. Go get me a real corner. Well, and I think you look at a guy like Stephen Gilmore, and some people are pointing out, it's like, well, you know, he did this. He might be on the backside. 
Uh, reports are that he had uh, some minor surgeries in the offseason before last year to basically clear up some nagging injuries and fix everything up. Played better last year. However, he was just on a bad team last year, so he was on the field a lot. I think Dan Quinn sees him and goes, no, we can put him in the right position to go win because we can see what he can do, and I can watch his game film and go, that's the type of cornerback I want on the other side. And you go, we, we can say he's 32 years old, but – the reports of him looking a lot better last year because he got his knee mm-hmm. issues cleaned up and the fact that you just go, look, his numbers are going to be weird last year anyway because when you play on one of the worst teams in the league, you just the ball gets thrown your way a lot more than, than if you're playing on a good team with a good pass rush and everything else. So I think that it's a great trade. And you remember, you still have Trayvon Diggs on the other side. So, yes, he's not two shutdown cornerbacks, but that's not what Jerry was going to do ever. But I think this is an upgrade over Anthony Brown. No, no question. And yeah. you're now solidifying where Anthony Brown was probably going to ask for money similar to around double digits, which they didn't want to do. They didn't want to go longer term. With Gilmore, you have one year on this deal. They can go and see if they want to negotiate more. But to give up a fifth-round pick where you're taking a shot on a cornerback maybe in the fifth round that you hope can come in and be something – this is just a, a great, great pickup for the Cowboys. Yeah, and the Cowboys play a lot of man-to-man. Stephon Gilmore, when he was with the Patriots, when he was at his best, he was playing a lot of man-to-man coverage with the Patriots. That's what Bill Belichick believes in. And the Cowboys, with Dan Quinn now, they play a lot more man-to-man coverage. And that's why you were often leaving that cornerback opposite Trevon Diggs, um, leaving them out the dry because they were you know, in man-to-man. They were being targeted and being exploited. So now that, to me, was your... To me, that was your biggest weakness on defense. You could argue the rush defense was their biggest weakness, but once they acquired Jonathan Hankins, and the truth is when LVE was in there and LVE was healthy, the rush defense was was much better. And I remember they were rotating their linebackers. They really couldn't figure out who their linebackers were going to be. And that's a key this year, too. If you want to hybridize the skill set of Michael Parsons and move him around the chessboard, you have to figure out who your off-ball linebackers are. I know they like Damone Clark, and he played a lot more toward the end of the season. Um, remember, Anthony Barr is a free agent, and LVE are free agents. So, yes, they deserve a lot of praise, the Cowboys do, and Dan Quinn for remedying and figuring out their cornerback spot opposite Trevor this because that may have been the biggest issue that was really, you know, I think a weakness uh, the biggest weakness, I should say, for the defense. Now, if LVE is gone, they really need to figure out, because Jonathan Hankins, I believe, also may be a free agent as well. Jonathan Hankins and LVE pretty much saved your rush defense last year. Yeah, Hankins is a free agent. Yeah, your rush defense, when those guys were hurt and they went in there together, your rush defense really suffered. So you got to figure out something to do with the interior defensive tackle there. Like I said, remember I talked about the plunger? Every house needs a plunger when the fit hits the shan. That's what your that's what those old school you know gap uh, clogging double team taking defensive tackles are. They can just clog a hole like a, a you know like a, a, a Puna Fort or like hell. Ndamukong King Sue was that guy this year. Linville Joseph was that guy for the Eagles. They needed one. Remember they they went got both those guys during the season because Jordan Davis got hurt and the Cowboys needed one too. They traded for Jonathan Hankins. Every defense is going to need one of those old school wide bodies. And the Cowboys, I don't know if they have one on their roster right now. That's why they traded for Jonathan Hankins. You need that 
that can you can you can find that and usually it's a run year rental you don't want to invest in it uh, the Eagles did because you need one every year but it's like it's a plunger you want to pay a lot of money for a plunger <laughs> or you want to just you know go buy the cheap one and be like all right yeah I'll buy the cheapest yeah, plunger it's that, a plunger <laughs> that that could be one that may wait till the draft and That's wait till the like, draft it, too. yeah stuff like one, that one of those guys like we see running backs are probably waiting a lot more we've seen a few <sighs> go off the board but. Probably a thing waiting more after a, a heavy running back draft. I could see defensive tackles, the run on them being after people figure out if they're able to get one in the fourth round, you know, fifth round. You're like, if you can get a third, fourth, fifth round pick of a guy that can do that role, then why not take that that cheaper option? And someone you go, hey, maybe this guy's really great, but all we really need is a plunger. So if it's a great plunger, awesome. But we just need a plunger. You just yeah, you're right about that. You can get, you can find the help. That's what Kendra Coburn is. Yeah. So you need one. Find that guy somewhere late. Uh, you just brought up running backs. Got me start. I got me thinking about something. I was looking at because uh, the Cowboys actually are overly invested right now in the running back position. We don't know what they're going to do. We assume they're going to cut Zeke, restructure Zeke, whatever. It hasn't happened. So currently, Cowboys do have the most expensive running back room in the history of the NFL. I'm not making that up. It's true. It's crazy. And they will even if they cut Zeke, right? It's still going to be the most expensive in the league. The most expensive in the yeah. league. Yeah. So, yeah, because they still have the dead money dead associated money. with it. But, yeah, they might need that roster spot. I mean, just because I don't know if Zeke. Hey, uh, if you look at the list of free agents and the list of running backs in the draft, it is hard to rationalize Zeke being on this roster. Agreed. Because he is not better than any of those. Look how deep. It's a great point. And right now, the running back market it's just oversaturated. It's got, I mean, you talk about, first of all, look at the the, the draft. You're going to have a really deep draft with Bijan, Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Kendra Miller, uh, you know, Devin A-Chain, uh, Zach Evans, I mean, Tank Bixby, Harold Rojo's going to be in there, Tajay Spears. I mean, it, that's a ton of really good backs in this draft. Really deep. One of the deepest positions in the draft. And then you got the free agent market, which also has got a lot of good running backs in the free agent market, apparently. Miles Sanders, uh, Kareem Hunt. You said Rashad Penny off, off the market. Rashad Penny to the Eagles. There you go. Which, hey, if you're a Cowboys fan, could mean they're out of the Bijan uh Bijan Robinson sweepstakes in the draft. True that. It could mean they're out of that. So that nightmare of they're definitely out of that because I couldn't see them. I don't see why you see you get ben, Rashad Penny and then draft one. I, I think Rashad Penny is a one year deal. And they'll draft one late though. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, they can take another one, but they still have Boston Scott on that roster. I think yeah. so. It would be hard for them to in take the another one worm, in the first round. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, but then, in addition to the the free agent market, Deontay Foreman also is out there. Deontay yeah. Foreman's out there, man. Uh, but now, uh, Patrick, we know because of Adam Schefter and some of the inside reports, Austin Eckler has been given permission to seek a trade. Yeah. Uh, the running back for the Chargers. Derrick Henry also is on the trade market. Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook. That's a trade market for running backs. That's the trade market. And then you got the free agent market, which is loaded. And then the draft class is loaded. It is, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, now everybody I think will have a – a, a decent running back on their roster because there's an embarrassment of riches at running back position, whether you're looking at the draft, free agency, or the trade market. Who, but nobody's going to trade for a running Well, maybe, depending on what the trade value is. That's what they be that's really the cheap. Because if it's just, hey, we have to pay him. Like a seventh-round pick or something. <laughs> if we just have to pay for Derrick Henry and it's a six-round pick or something, you're just trying to dump salary. Put you over the top. I mean, Austin Eckler oh. feels like he would have, you'd have to ask give, give up more for Austin Eckler or, or Dalvin Cook because they'd rather have him on their roster. Yeah, you know who should love this? The Bills. 
This should be the they Bills should, should end up with an upgraded running gonna, back. It's still going to be Naheem Hines next <laughs> they're year. Screw it up somehow. How are the Bills going to screw up this running back market? I don't know how they should. If they don't end up with an upgraded running back after this offseason, I'm going to be very disappointed in their front office. Yeah, their front so office. Many. You know, they just wake up on opening day and they go. Ah, oh, crap. Forgot to get a running back. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody oh, put every a, post, year. a posted reminder every on year. the mirror or something for the GM. <laughs> Good boy. All right, we'll come back. We got off the record on the other side. Uh, there are odds now for Tiger's next girlfriend. We'll get into that. And also we'll discuss what may be the beginning of a scary science fiction thriller. But I hate to inform you, it's actually a real factual report. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain man. Congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. Got a few stories I want to hit here real quick. So I read this uh, from Fox News. It says a giant blob of seaweed, twice the width of the U.S., is headed toward Florida, Florida's Gulf Coast. The sargassum bloom is twice the width of the United States and believed to be the largest in history. Uh, It's drifting between the Atlantic coast of Africa and the Gulf of Mexico. The thick mat of algae and seaweed can provide a habitat for lots of marine life. Um, and also, obviously, it affects the uh, the environment, the ecosystem um, that it's in. And they're expecting basically the shores and the beaches of Florida to I mean, look pretty disgusting, basically. Be full of seaweed. Uh, you ever been to Galveston beaches have bad seaweed problems, too, like seaweed everywhere. Not that, you know, hang out in Galveston that much. But when I've been there a few times, I've been there. But this is supposed to be something that is like unprecedented. The impending seaweed comes as Floridians along the state's southwest coast have complained about burning eyes and breathing problems, dead fish washing up on shore. So they believe a lot of these events have been experienced because of uh, the algae, the impending tide of the algae coming in. Crazy. That does sound like the beginning of some science fiction movie. It's terrible. So that's. That's why I don't go way out there in the ocean. I kind of stay close to the shore. You know, that's my thing. Uh, All right. Another story here. Tom Brady. Uh, Well, Tom Brady's uh, ex-wife, she's involved in this story, too. So apparently bet online are taking (laughs) wagers about who is going to be the next spouse or the next girlfriend or significant other for Tiger Woods. Yeah, this is actually a real thing. So bet online, uh, you can go bet on who's going to be Tiger's next girlfriend. Giselle Bunchen has the best odds right now at plus 2,500 to be Tiger's next girlfriend. Tiger wouldn't do that to Tom Brady. A goat would not do that to another goat, would he? I don't know. It's, it is Tiger. Man, that would be, that'd be, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Tiger and Tom are even close or acquaintances. I mean, maybe they are. I assume two goats like that at least. You know, they, they, they've texted with each other before. They have each other's number. You want to assume Tom Brady has Tiger's number in his phone? 
I assume he does. I, I don't know if he has his number. I assume he has some way to contact yeah, him. Yeah, he can contact him. I mean, I mean, I mean I would, if I was a goat, I'd make sure to have all the goats' contact information in my phone. I want MJ's. It's yeah. only like five of us. It's like Wayne Gretzky, MJ, Tiger's like five or six people. You don't think you'd have those five or six of you? Serena Williams. It's like six of y'all on the planet. You yeah. don't think you'd want the LeBron? Yeah, I, you know, I might have some people in there. I'd have, I'd have LeBron, MJ. Uh, some people are like, why you need LeBron when you have MJ? I get it. I just, I'm just saying. Uh, I'd have Wayne Gretzky being, if I was Tom Brady, have him in phone. You know, just have the the goats in there. See, I'd I have feel, a, a section just for the goats. Man. I feel like I don't need Michael Jordan to have my number, though, if I'm a goat. Because I know he's going to constantly be hitting me up for bets. <laughs> Dude, it's four in the morning, Michael. I don't care what's hey, happening MJ would in bet- Sri Lanka right now. MJ's probably betting on who's going to be Tiger's next yeah, moment. Yeah. <laughs> MJ's obsessed with that kind of stuff. Uh, how about this? Okay, so Kim Kardashian has the second best odds. No way. No way. It would never no. happen. No, if Tiger wouldn't do You know what? If Tiger did it, I would be I'd be really impressed with Tiger. It would show me that Tiger's going off the beaten path here, trying to find his next woman. Shakira? Is tied with Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay. <laughs> Third best odds. Uh, yes, Jada Pinkett. Well, they are in an open relationship. Keep that in mind. Will and Jada both admitted that they are have, they have an open relationship. Oh, someone said they've golfed before on, on the match. Yeah. Tiger and Tiger. That's, yeah. I'm yeah, sure that right. they got, they, there's some texting going on. All right. Between them. Vera Wang is at plus 7,500 along with Eva Longoria and Charlize Theron. And Katie Holmes. I don't even know who Monique Samuels is. I'm not sure who that is. They're all tied at plus 7,500. I think Charlize Theron, yeah. She's old, too, but she's still still smoking hot. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like he's going to go get, like, a Denny's waitress. You know, that's (laughs) more Tiger Woods speed, right? It is. That is his speed. He doesn't like starlets. No. He's not a fan of the starlets. He did it with, what's her name, the uh, skater, Lindsey Vaughn? Yeah, he was with Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn's a man-eater, though. She's wore, she wears those men. Down. I think Lindsey Vaughn found him, though. I know. That's, That's what, what I'm saying. She found it. So these women are going to be – the whole ball is what women is going to go after Tiger – because I think whoever goes after him gets him. Oh. I don't think he's that. <laughs> he's not that hard to get. No. <laughs> Tiger don't play hard to get. What you no. <laughs> what golfer? What golfer out there is turning it down? Uh, I like this. I said that Kim Kardashian was off the beaten path for Tiger. This text says, that's a very beaten path. <laughs> well done. Nice, nice. I like that. Oh, yeah. He's like, isn't Giselle the goat of modeling? I don't know. Maybe she is. I, you know what? She, she she's in that conversation, I imagine. Uh, but there you go. Those are the odds for who's going to be Tiger Woods' next girlfriend. Yeah, I don't think the Giselle Bunch is going to happen. I think Tiger's classy. You know what? Now he's classy. Now. That, like you said, he doesn't like starlets. He doesn't like celebrities. No. He wants the girl next door kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he, I, yeah, he yeah, can go. He like but I that. think he wants to go with somebody who's like, who's, yeah. he'll be a little bit low, more low key. Yeah, Lindsey Vaughn was the last one he starting to get with. And he ain't Lin- going to the Met Gala and stuff. Yeah, remember Lindsey Vaughn? Go look at all the athletes Lindsey Vaughn dates. Half of them end up injured while they're with Lindsey Vaughn. Yeah. Happened to J.J. Watt. I think she just wears them dudes out. They can't handle it. No. She wears them out, man. I'm telling you. Backbreaker. I, I'm, I'm cool. I, I, that's probably why they were like, you know what? Break my. It's like the Kim Kardashian thing. Like, why do guys keep dating Kim Kardashian? It was like, hey, you're going to see. If it's going to be my downfall, I need to see for myself. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about the Texans making moves. Oh, screw the Texans. We'll talk to the Cowboys, who actually made a huge move, a splash. Not in free agency, though, via the trade market. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to fool down the horn.